Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. As many of you might know, as I have said in the previous video, I have now launched the Patreon membership page. And no sooner as the page has been launched, I would like to give a special shout out to the newest Patreon members, Cindy Cleveland, Tavia S, and Innerscare Wifey. So I will not take up too much time in this intro. That link can be found in the description below. If you would like, please visit that page over there and check out all three tiers as the memberships have amazing perks to them. Also, if you enjoy what you are hearing, you can buy me a coffee. That link can also be found in the description below. This video's stories will start with true encounters and then at the end, I'll read some places that are known to be truly haunted. Now, with all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. So, sit back and relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm and enjoy this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Ghost Stories. Right after this intro, an ad will play. I'll read the first story, another ad will play. After that, there will be no more ads within this video. Around 15 or so years ago, I moved into an incredibly old pub, which was renowned for unexplained stories and witnessed accounts, mainly by locals and occasionally customers, who were simply passing through for lunch or drinks. I recall someone sending in a photo they took whilst at our pub. It was a normal photo, family and friends having dinner, smiling. Behind this woman's head was a gigantic orb just sitting in the background. The energy behind the photo was nothing short of eerie. I myself became paralyzed in fear surrounding this entity. For months I couldn't sleep there. I stayed with my family who fortunately lived locally. I would walk down to the pub in the AM to gather my stuff for school. Quick note. The door to the pub is a glass door which you can see straight through to the end of the building, which ended in the kitchen. This one particular morning, I walk down to the pub. I'm greeted face to face with the glass. I can see clear as day a woman in a white dress. It looked incredibly old. She moved out of sight and traversed back behind the kitchen walls. I was paralyzed in place, terrified to step inside. This was around 7.20 a.m. The only people inside the pub were my family, who were all upstairs. I have numerous stories from this location, but this one shook me the most, because I know what I saw. The hairs on my arms and back of my neck stood tall like soldiers. Ever since that day, I'm now afraid to look directly into that glass door. Okay, so six years ago, I lived in a ground floor apartment with my girlfriend at the time. Things were fine to begin with for the first month or so. Then things started happening 
like the TV randomly turning itself on or the light in the open kitchen would randomly turn on, but I could hear the switch. One morning, my partner left for work as normal, and I heard her leave and lock the door behind her. I went back to sleep and was woken about ten minutes later, when the TV suddenly came on, full volume in the lounge. I got up and went and turned the volume down and sat and watched it as I was awake now. After a few minutes, I could hear in the hallway of my apartment a noise that sounded like chains, only for a few seconds. After an hour or so, I decided to get my clothes on and go visit my nana, who lived on the next street along at the time. I put my key in the door and unlocked it. As I opened the door, it suddenly jammed, and I noticed the chain was on. Now this was impossible as I was the only person there, and my partner could not have put the chain on from the outside. Trust me, I tried endlessly after that. Strange things and smells occurred for the next two months or so, and my partner and I had split up. One night, at around 2 to 3 a.m., I was sat watching TV alone when the light in the hallway went off, then back on. It did it a few times, a minute or two in between, just going off for a split second. At this point, I was a little scared but fed up, so I shouted, Is that the best you've got? With a few swear words thrown in for good measure. Anyway, instantly the light started going crazy, flicking like mad. I shit myself and ran to my grandma's and my bare feet in the middle of the night. I also used to suffer from sleep paralysis a lot when I lived there, never before or after. And one night, I turned over in bed and saw two silhouettes stood holding hands by the side of the bed. One was a man in a trilby-type hat, and the other a little girl with pigtails. Months later, I went to see a psychic, and she told me there was a man stood right behind me, then wearing a trilby hat. I moved out long after, but still get goosebumps now thinking about it. This just happened to me last night. I have no idea how to explain what happened, and if someone could, please do. The town I live in is a pretty popular town in an overdeveloped area. It's a very old, historic southern town. We have a one-lane road that connects one side of town to the other, like a back road. A part of this road has neighborhoods and small streets off of it. It's a dark road on the parts that have no neighborhoods or streetlights. Last night, I was driving home from visiting someone that lives off of that road in a neighborhood. It was around 11 p.m. I was already past the part of the road that has streetlights and neighborhoods. When I looked in my rear view mirror and saw one headlight right behind me. 
as if they were tailgating me. I was going 55 to 60 miles per hour. The headlight looked like it was from a really old-fashioned car. I just ignored it because I figured they pulled out and I didn't notice. I got to the end of the road, where it meets with one of the main roads at the intersection. There is a small curve before the end. The headlight never came around the corner. I waited at the light for at least 30 seconds because I had to wait until it was safe to turn right onto the main road. The headlight never came. It's like it disappeared. The other day, my boyfriend and I were talking about phantom vehicles, and I think that's what it was. We also saw one the other day driving in the boonies. I can't explain this. What do you think happened, and is there any explanation, or are phantom vehicles really real? I really could use some help. Firstly, I would like to say that this is not my story. It happened to a friend of mine whom I'm trying to help find answers. I was recently hospitalized for respiratory lung and chest issues. I was given my own room that was private, but very isolated. As I know now, the ward I was in was specifically isolated for COVID patients. The moment I was submitted, the air in the room felt heavy. I just assumed it because I was tired and really didn't want to be there. Saturday night, I was waiting for the nurse to put my IV back into my arm as it gave me problems that morning and was removed. Right around 10.30 p.m., I was falling asleep when I was suddenly awoken by what I thought was a nurse or some man that is trying to steal my phone from the table next to me. Upon looking at what's next to me, my room light switched on and I saw this pitch black man looking thing in a crouch position, running from my bedside towards the bathroom. An elder lady had entered my room to use the bathroom, assuming it was her room. After visiting hours Sunday afternoon, everyone left, and the atmosphere felt heavy once again. I did not mention the black shadow figure, as I assumed it was just my imagination. Right around about 11 p.m., I ended a chat and decided I'm going to try to sleep. With that said, this weird sensation came over me to just pray for my family and make sure that they are safe. I was lying on my stomach with my right hand under the pillow and my leg bent when I suddenly felt this back creature-like man thing pinning me to the bed. I could feel its body pressing me onto the bed. I tried to scream and move, and after struggling, I managed to turn myself around. What I saw, I hoped to never see or experience again in my life. It had wings and a face like a bat or gargoyle. I managed to turn and saw the thing spring and disappear. I stayed awake the rest of the night crying, hoping not to see that again. I booked myself out of the hospital that next day, 
I would like to know what that was and why it did what it did to me. This has plagued my mind for a number of years. I have had quite a few unexplainable things happen throughout my life, but this one is specifically about some sort of premonition. If anybody has experienced similar, I would love to hear it. I was extremely close to our family dog, as I was with all of our pets. One day, I was sitting on the floor with him, chilling. I put my hand on him and the weirdest feeling came across me. It was like it was real. It was like I saw it and experienced it, but not through my eyes, but for a few seconds in my mind. It was strange. I am struggling to explain all of this. I felt sudden pressure like darkness and panic. At that time, I felt as though I just somehow went inside of our pet. If you can imagine being inside something, it would be dark with a flurry of movement enveloping you all around with a sense of panic. This never felt good. A couple of seconds left me a bit speechless, unable to explain what I had just experienced and brushed off as a little episode of some sort. Perhaps I was tired, but was left unsettled, and it plagued my mind. A couple of weeks later, someone had him out for a walk where he fell through ice, and unfortunately, to everybody's devastation, he passed away. He went under people, tried to save him, but it's like his heart gave up as soon as he went under the ice. I now could not shake the feeling that the first event was some sort of premonition of what was to come, unfortunately. And the feeling was from his point of view under the ice. It was heartbreaking and strange. I have never experienced a feeling like that before, and it was enough for me to still wonder to this day if I was warned in advance. I'll start off by saying that I don't believe that I was haunted and I don't believe in the paranormal. I'm an atheist. I was raised an atheist, so the notion that there is a spiritual world is not really a part of my culture. That being said... The first house I bought was an older house, built in 1880. One time our town had a massive fire and my house was used to triage victims because the hospital was across the street at the time of the fire. And there was several casualties, some likely in my house. I used to leave this detail out because I don't think it's relevant. People believe that is the reason the ghosts are there. Okay, so the first day we are moving in and I pile a bunch of things up on a table as we are unpacking. Well, it gets late and we go to bed. I did not clear the table off. I wake up suddenly at 3 a.m. and it's cold in the house. I remember that I may have left a window in the living room open. 
I got up to close the window and notice all of the items from the table are now on the floor, stacked neatly just as they were on the table, but just on the floor. In my half-asleep state, I just start cleaning the items and put them back on the table. While I'm doing that, my brother comes out from his room to find me cleaning up the items. He helps and walks away and I go back to bed. Morning rolls around and my wife and I wake up. As we're laying next to each other, the ceiling fan comes on all by itself. We laugh it off and joke about her dead mother sending a sign. My wife gets up to go make coffee and I get dressed. By the time I make it out into the living room, my wife is picking up the same pile of items that my brother had witnessed me cleaning up in the middle of the night. We all had a chuckle about how weird it was. Nothing else ever happened. The fan never malfunctioned again and we had that table in that location for years. After that, there was no more weirdness. For contacts, I live in a somewhat suburban neighborhood in West Texas. It's about 2 a.m. when this happened. I was outside in my front yard with my dogs to let them out. There are three of them, and I can see all three. One to my left, and the other two dead center in front of me. To my right is my car, a crossover type, in our driveway. As I'm scanning the yard... I see to my far right what looks to be some sort of mid-sized animal. It was about the size of a medium-sized dog, but had the physique of a cat or a very skinny dog. It was walking on all fours, but not like a dog or cat would. More like a monkey. The front legs had long, skinny fingers, and it walked on the tips of them. And the back legs were more like when a person walks on all fours but instead of hands and knees. They were on their toes and their hips were high in the air. It was white in color. The highlights of it were so white it was almost glowing and the shadows were more of a translucent gray and white color. The weirdest part was its face. It was almost human-like. Small head, frontward-facing eyes, but its mouth was kind of hanging open with some gnarly teeth. And from what I could see, no ears. It didn't have a tail either. It was walking towards me, but by the time I looked at it head on, it had disappeared behind my car. And when I went on the other side of my car where I thought it was and would have been, there was nothing. Does anyone have any idea what this was? Was it some sort of cryptid, fairy, ghost, alien? I honestly don't know. It gave me chills, though. I didn't stick around, and I hurried my dogs inside as soon as they started to seem interested and wanted to investigate. I used to work at a restaurant located in a little strip mall across the street from my house. The location was perfect for me, down the street from my school, 
and across the street from my house. One night, I was closing up, just me and the two owners. We started talking about the ghost in the restaurant. I had only witnessed one event you could call paranormal. The dishwasher had randomly started itself. It was an old restaurant dishwasher with a button you had to push to make it start. Well, that night we were talking about the ghost. The owners told me stories of how it would lock doors, knock objects on the floor, turn on the dishwasher when no one was in the dish pit. That was a huge one. Basically do everything possible to make its presence known. As they're telling me this, a jigger, the little shot glasses that you measure to pour liquor in, goes flying across the restaurant into a wall. Well, my boss totally overreacts and starts yelling and screaming and making a big ruckus. I just end up standing there with my fish-out-of-water look watching all of this. After a few minutes of him yelling, the front doors slammed shut. We had it propped open because it was a hot night. There was no wind at all. This had to be the freakiest night of my life. I have always been a firm believer in the occult. I have always believed that there are things out there I haven't seen that have power, not considered normal. I believe that recently I was proved right. It had been an odd day in terms of the mystic and I returned to my room and turned on my lights to see a shadow. It was a shadow that stayed still and did not leave even though I had turned the lights on and off. It was about three inches shorter than me, as well as being more oval-shaped, though the edges were not clear-cut and seemed to be moving, though that might have just been me. It remained for about 45 seconds before it moved very quickly past me, out the door. I did some research after that, and I believe it was a shadow person. The shadow men or shadow people are supposedly creatures of darkness and death. In theory, they were the shades and spirits of the dead. They were supposedly very difficult to see most of the time, usually only out of the corner of your peripheral vision or in a fleeting glance. There have been reports of people on their deathbeds ranting, raving, and moaning about the shades or the shadow people approaching and coming for them. I don't know if what I saw was a shadow man or not, but I saw what I saw and will keep trying to find out more about them. Okay, I have a story that was told to me by someone, although it's believable. I know some people are inclined to think the story may have become over-exaggerated, but here it goes. Well, to be honest, this isn't really a story, more of a series of events. Again, the strange thing started happening when a family moved into a new home in Sydney, Australia. 
The first strange happening was the wife had just put her two boys to bed for an afternoon nap and was ironing when she heard whispers coming from one of her son's rooms. Confused, she walked into his room and found him sitting up in bed talking to someone. She asked who he was speaking to and he replied, the lady in the spare bed. When she looked, however, at the bed next to him, it was empty. Thinking that her small son had simply invented an imaginary friend, she thought nothing of it. Throughout the first weeks of living in the house, her son continued to play and talk with the lady in the spare bed. Until one day when the wife was cleaning the playroom where her son spent most of his time playing with his younger brother and the lady in the spare bed, she found a long black hair on the floor. This was strange as she was the only member of the family to have long hair and hers was blonde. At first, she dismissed the idea that it was anything unusual about the black hair until she continued to find more and more of it wherever her son played. Then, one afternoon, she walked in on her two children playing hairdressers The room was cold despite the fact the windows were closed, but she figured it might be the air conditioning. She noticed her son was holding her brush, and she asked what he was doing with it. He replied, brushing the lady's hair, but she's gone away now. She looked at the brush and was horrified to see that it had long black strands of hair in it alongside her blonde hair. She asked her son, is the lady's hair black? And he grinned, saying, Mommy, you can see her too. She asked if she was in the room, and he nodded and pointed to the corner. But when she looked there, there was nothing there. After the brush incident, the wife continued to live in fear of the woman, telling her boys not to play with whatever it was with the long black hair. It was late afternoon when she was washing dishes, both her sons in bed and her husband at work, when she heard the patter of feet behind her and felt someone brush against her back. When she turned, nothing was there. And this is where our story ends. I have not yet found out if they still live in the house with the woman or whether they attempted to get the woman out of the house. But there is one question I would like to ask. Is this a demon or a ghost? I originally thought it was a ghost, but if this is so, is it possible that you can brush a ghost's hair or feel it brush against you? Yet, if it was a demon... Surely the wife would be able to see it as well as the children. I will be happy to hear what everyone thinks. We moved into this little two-bedroom house. There wasn't anything special about it except the bathroom was dark blue. First thing Dad did was paint over it with white numerous times but a stain kept coming through 
up in the right corner next to the ceiling. Me and my brother shared one room. There was a little hall going past the bathroom into our parents' room. One night, I was sneaking in my window, and you could see through our door straight into our parents' room, and their bed was in front of the door. There was some kind of hazy white cloud hanging over my mom's side of the bed. I had been drinking with a friend that lived up the road, so I didn't pay much attention. The dining room was always cold. One night, our dad woke us up. We went into the living room and orbs were dancing around the room. You could hear knocking in the walls. Our mom started getting depressed and acting funny. She was also seeing a therapist, Dr. Ritchie. She tried to kill herself and went to the hospital for a bit. While she was there, her doctor put her under hypnosis and she told him she was some girl named Brenda and her husband left her. We did some research and two women killed themselves in the bathroom. One shot herself in the head. Maybe that's what the stain on the ceiling was. The other slit her wrists. One that cut her wrist was Brenda. Anyway, mom came back home. Her preacher came by for a visit. He kneeled and prayed for God to cleanse our house. Then stood and said, I felt it leave. When he left, as soon as his car left the driveway, the whole house went crazy. Knickknacks flew off shelves. Cabinet doors slammed open then shut. We started moving immediately. This is a very, very true story. I was 12 years old at the time it happened. Now that I think back, I remember our parents left to go play cards or something at their friend's house, and my head started hurting. It really hurt bad, too. I called my mom. They came home. But man, I thought my head was going to bust. It was so intense. Mom gave me two pills, and they knocked me out. Since that day, I continued to get these headaches and still wonder if it is the entity that attached itself to me or if it's the entity that had attached itself to my mom. Well, this may sound like another look what I made up kind of story, but let me tell you, It scared the shit out of me for years. I was 28 years old and was doing good. Had a good job, a house, and a small family. We had gone to my mother's for dinner. And while there, we had seen a story on the news about a girl who had gone missing. And it hurt my feelings and I wondered how can people hurt children. It still bothers me to this day. Anyway... We talked and it got late and the baby was tired, so we headed home. We lived in a country setting just outside the city limits, so it was dark and quiet around our house. The area right before you get to our road was being torn down to make room for airport expansions. Not much there. On one of the turns on the winding road, 
there was still a church that hadn't relocated yet. Across the street, nothing but open land. I was doing the speed limit because it was dark, drizzling, the road was winding, and I had a baby in the car. As I approached the church, I saw a beautiful little girl with the long brown pigtails. She had yellow ribbons in her hair on each side and was wearing a yellow dress and yellow slip on shoes. I slowed down and came to a stop in the middle of the road. My girlfriend at the time said, What are you doing? Are you okay? I said to her, waiting for that kid to get across the street. She looked to the road and back at me, and with a puzzled look on her face, she said, What kid? Do you need me to drive? I was kind of upset and said, What do you mean, the little girl right there in the yellow dress walking across the street? Looking again, she said there was no girl. I looked again, and sure enough, there was no one there. I got out of the car, grabbed a flashlight, and looked everywhere. There was nothing. With nowhere to hide, I was truly puzzled. I felt weird. I got back in the car and said I was sure I had seen a girl. I started down the road and took a glance in the mirror. She was standing there again. I hit the brakes, opened the door, and she was gone. The next day on the news, there was a wreck around the corner from my road, and if I hadn't stopped for the girl, we would have been right there when the wreck happened. I feel the spirit, or whatever it was, was just trying to save my family, and although it scared me, I am very grateful for the girl in the yellow dress. Thank you, whoever you were. I hope you have moved on now. Although this did not happen to me, it is a true story told to me by one of my relatives. And I will say even though I believe in demons as I am a Christian, I have never had an experience with one and never wish to. But this story still scared the crap out of me despite the fact nothing like this has ever happened to me personally. It was late December in Sydney, Australia, when my relative, Ross, moved house with his mom. His dad had died when he was younger. All was going well until about after a week of living in the house. Ross started hearing footsteps down the hallways but he dismissed the idea because it was an old house and everyone knows old houses creak like crazy. Nothing much apart from the footsteps for a couple more weeks. Until one night, and this is totally true bearing in mind, he heard a blood-curdling scream in the night. It was so loud he knew that it couldn't possibly be outside. The screaming was coming right from inside the house. It went on throughout the night until the morning. His mom had also heard it. Thankfully, the screaming stopped for a couple of weeks, 
until it started up again, so loud that they called the police. The police came and found out the screaming was coming from underneath the house, like someone was trapped under the floor, but there was no possible way that they could get to whoever was screaming. Eventually, after a few attempts at getting underneath the house, they gave up. The scream still continued, as Ross explained, like someone was beside themselves with terror. The police stayed until early morning. They had called in other police units, but this had proved useless. Eventually, the police began to leave. As one officer left, he turned to speak to Ross, apologizing that they could do nothing about the screaming. What he said next chilled Ross to the bone. Those screams aren't human. This half of the story I hardly believe myself, so I would not be offended if you thought I was making up total bullcrap. Basically, Ross and his mom came to the conclusion it was a demon. Calling up to other boys he knew, Ross and his mom and the two boys stood outside the house with their Bibles and read out of them praying aloud. But as they began to pray, one last scream erupted through the house and a gust of wind blew open the top bedroom windows and that was it. The screaming in the night was gone. So, here's a crazy story about my sister. My sister and I are best friends. We shared a room all throughout childhood and were college roommates when I was a sophomore and she was a senior. My sister has an incredibly vivid imagination. She's able to change the colors of whatever she is looking at. For example, she likes to change the color of trees in her mind. She had a complete psychiatric evaluation and has ADHD. There is no history of schizophrenia in my family. She is incredibly bright and is a straight A MBA student. She's experienced a lot but I want to share the most bone-chilling one we experienced. I was a freshman in college at Bowling Green State University, and my sister was a junior. I lived on campus but spent the night at her apartment most nights until things got too scary. I'm intuitive, but I certainly don't see ghosts. There was one doorway in her apartment that made my neck hair crawl. My sister had a roommate, Mallory, who loved to play with tarot cards and constantly talked about ghosts and such. She had a friend, Hiro from Japan, that couldn't enter the apartment from the dark energy he felt. We returned home to Chicago for spring break, where her boyfriend at the time had a nightmare of this beautiful girl in a white dress with long black hair. He said he heard radios playing really loud in his dream, and when he woke up, he heard radios playing and a woman singing. 
he ran home to his own college apartment a few blocks away. Flash forward to the end of the school year. My sister and I were cleaning out her apartment. I left to go smoke some weed with a few friends and left my sister alone in the apartment. She saw the ghost pop out on her behind the doorway where it made my skin crawl. She appeared exactly the same as her boyfriend saw her in the dream. She started to sing, again, and chase my sister out of the apartment saying, I didn't mean to scare you. My best friend Hannah has an aunt who is a medium. I called her aunt immediately. She gave me the name of the girl, said she missed sisterhood and loved hanging out with my sister, her roommate, and me. She didn't mean to scare us and we made her feel alive again. She was scared. My friend's aunt helped her cross over. Apparently, she was stuck. I avoided this part of Bowling Green for the rest of my time there. I will also mention we had to call 911 that same spring because we found a girl on the train tracks. Her boyfriend was screaming at her, telling her to stay on them as we heard the train coming. We called 911 and they were able to stop the train about 300 feet in front of her. They arrested her boyfriend. Avoid the area by the tracks in Bowling Green, Ohio. Whatever you do. Hello everyone, this is my first time telling this story. I'm a 25 year old skeptic. I love horror, crime, and all things creepy, and several instances in my life have certainly occurred that I cannot explain. I have remained loyal to science and my lacking ability to connect with the spiritual side of this world. Lately, however, I have been having my skeptical mind changed. Almost. I just came home from a deployment back in March and started back at my old job. I've been a reservist for six years now. Upon my return to my civilian work, I had to take up a new schedule of four tens rather than be in five days a week. This means I am the first and last person in the building. I love it, but there's always a harmatia, isn't there? So I work solo in the basement. I'm an artisan, and I make the merchandise that is stocked upstairs. I'm accustomed to hearing the ladies up in the storeroom all day, and I truly prefer being alone and away from the customers. That is, until the ladies leave... The store is closed, and I am truly alone. Now, I work downtown in the city. It's highly likely that a break-in could occur. I have a bat I keep nearby my station along with pepper gel. The first time I heard things, that is exactly what I thought was happening. I came rushing around the corner, bat in hand, ready to swing for kneecaps. That's how loud it was. That's how sure I was that someone else was in the building. I can't believe I am typing this. 
Here is a good old timeline. 8 a.m. Arrive. 9.30 a.m. The shop ladies arrive. 2 p.m. Lunch. 6 p.m. The shop ladies close and leave. 6.12 p.m. I hear footsteps upstairs. What the F? Let's go look for the lost customer. Been there before. 6.13 p.m. No one in the building. Am convinced I'm crazy. Resume the creative process of terrarium building. 6.16 p.m. More footsteps upstairs. I promptly tell myself I'm imagining it. 6.22 p.m. Footsteps. Loud ones. Coming down the stairs. I have a coronary. Bat in hand. I round the corner to the long hallway. Stairs at the end on the left. Another hallway on the right that leads to the cellar of a stockroom. It's an old building. Brick walls. Crappy lighting. My heart is about to fall out of my butt. As I enter the hallway, the footsteps abruptly end. I spin-check the stairs and... There's no one. Not a soul. Dead or alive. I am 1,000% certifiably insane. 6.30 p.m. I stare at my work in progress at my station and decide it's time to clean up and leave. I am too freaked out to breathe at a normal pace, let alone get any work done. 6.33 p.m. My hair is standing on end. I'm absolutely freezing. I feel sick to my stomach, and I keep hearing a shuffling sound in the hallway that I now refuse to look down as I speed clean and put supplies away. Trying to quickly water plants so I can get the hell out of there. I can't move fast enough. I swear, the room has dropped 20 degrees. 6.42 p.m. I clock out and spring for the exit. The moment I leave, I could breathe. I was warm. My hair follicles relaxed. I got in my truck and just looked at the building's exterior from the parking lot. Watching it. Watching the windows. Thinking about how I never wanted to set foot in there again. Thinking about how different the normally happy, lovely store looked. I have always loved the store, but now, looking at it, it is not welcoming. This was about three weeks ago. Every evening since, weird things have happened. They continue. They have escalated. I ask co-workers about it. They say they always leave together and never want to be the last one in the building. I'm kind of the exception because I am the only non-shop worker. They say they won't go in the basement alone. I'm in the basement all the time alone. Here's my question. How on earth do you deal with this in your workplace where you have to be? Things have gotten louder. I am uncomfortable the entire time I'm there now. I feel like I am being watched. 
I feel like I'm not safe. My head feels almost fuzzy while I am in there. As if I've just woken up or I am almost asleep. Every corner feels dangerous and every evening feels like it goes on forever. I have been having strange dreams at night about walking the hallway, but there is no end and there's someone behind me, but I cannot look. I try to ignore the noises. I try to pay it no mind, if you will, but it is simply not possible. Sometimes a noise is so loud, I nearly jump out of my skin. This is my account of the only real scary occurrence in my life. It was mid-October 1992. I was riding home on my motorcycle from seeing some friends. It was late in the evening or early morning hours of that chilly fall weekend in central California. I had made my turn off of the county freeway onto a less than well-lit county road. I remember that the road ahead was deserted. No headlights coming towards me, nor any taillights in my rearview mirrors. The road was encompassed with large walnut groves on each side. The huge trees and land swallowed the distance ahead in complete darkness. I was clipping along at about 50 miles per hour when my eyes caught the jogger up ahead of me, on my right side. My mind quickly thought, how odd, wondering why someone would be out here jogging at this time of year, at this hour of the night. As I approached him, I gradually moved to the middle of the road to give the jogger some space. I touched on my bright so he'd see me approaching. Now, understand this. At first, in my mind there was nothing out of the ordinary other than the timing of the situation. A hooded runner, heather gray sweats, a figure about six foot tall, jogging along the shoulder of a deserted county road at midnight in October. As I approached him at a safe distance of maybe a hundred feet away, bright headlight blazing, I saw him, or should I say, it stumble. I fully expected the figure to fall, sprawling face down into the plowed dirt, but it didn't. It did fall to the ground, on all fours, but very quickly and with amazing agility, it began running, like an animal, on all fours, like a wild, freaking animal. Mind you, I was riding at a regular speed at this point, maybe 55 miles per hour, but the hooded human form that I'd watched become a hooded animal was keeping pace with me for a moment. Then, as if it sensed that it had been discovered, it sped off to its right into the pitch-black walnut grove. My blood ran cold. I downshifted out of instinct and throttled hard. I was gone. All I could think of at that split second was that 
thing, that animal, might suddenly pop up in my rearview mirror with some horrific, maniacal, grimaced face right before ending me. Before I knew it, I was five miles down the road and my speedometer read 100 miles per hour. Just before I made my final right turn towards home, I brought my courage up to look into the rear view. Nothing. There was just pitch black behind me. Whatever it was, it was gone. Shakingly, I made my last turn and didn't look back again until I pulled into my garage and closed the door. To this day, now 31 years later, I can tell that true story and my listeners will react with complete disbelief. Some believe me, others don't. What was it? A person? An animal? A shapeshifter? A skinwalker? Or something of a combination of all of those? You decide. My house was built in 1904. It is a single-family home, wood frames setting on a concrete block foundation. I have been living here for about 12 years. Of all the weird things that my siblings and me have seen or heard in this house, this one event is my favorite. This happened to my brother. About 10 years ago, My brother and his best friends had started a garage band playing mostly Spanish rock, alternative music but in Spanish. His friends could only get together on Sunday afternoons. They would practice until the early evening, and they would usually call it quits by 8 p.m. This was the time I usually showed up and went to bed, as I worked the graveyard shift. This happened in late fall so the days were getting shorter. They had just finished a long session when the decision to head to someone else's house came about. My brother handed his car keys to his buddy so they could load up the equipment. Everyone had filed out of the basement, but the tricky part was that they needed to walk all the way to the back of the basement, up the back stairs, through the kitchen doorway, down the hall into the living room and out onto the front porch. Everyone was outside, sitting in my brother's truck waiting for him. My brother was walking up to the back stairs when he remembered that he had left his pancakes in a to-go container sitting on a speaker in the basement. He made the decision to go back. Now, the basement is not clean, with full sight lines There had been partitions made, and the boiler and main heating unit are right smack dead in the middle. So after my brother walks back, he is about to retrieve his food container, when out of the corner of his eye, he sees it. It's a shadowy figure, right at his peripheral vision. This feeling of dread and uneasiness washed over my brother. We had been taught that if you were in the presence of a spirit or ghost, and you felt a bad vibe, to say a quick prayer or to cuss at it. My brother chose the latter. He basically just told it, Hey, F you, 
I don't have time for this shit. My brother started to walk to the back of the basement and briskly up the stairs, closing the doors and turning off the lights as he was walking out. The last light switch is on the opposite side of the front door. Luckily, the door was open, and the light from the street lamp was flooding the living room with its amber glow. My brother said he felt something at his back, but at no point did he turn around. As he flicked the last light switch, the living room went dark, as did the rest of the house. As he stepped out, he pulled on the door, closing it behind him, still holding his food container in one hand. He jogged down the few porch steps. He walked towards the front gate. Our house resides far from the main street, essentially having a large front yard but no rear garage. As he closed the gap between himself and his friend Ladden truck, he kind of smiled and thought things over in his head, mad at himself for spooking out when there was no reason. He climbed into the driver's side of the truck, putting on his seatbelt and getting ready to pull out of the parking spot directly in front of the house. When one of his friends asked, Hey, what about your brother? Isn't he coming with us? My brother answered, What do you mean? He went to work early tonight. He is already gone. Do you see his car anywhere? The next question they ask, So then, who was walking behind you when you were leaving your house? I live in a small town in rural Australia. I'm a cyclist and I coordinate sports events, marathons, sell bikes and gear and whatnot. Around 6 a.m. this morning, I drove my bike up the mountain and on the way I passed a woman sitting by the side of the road. At first I thought she could have been a hitchhiker, but there's no hotels around here and she had no bags. I stopped my car about 400 meters away from her, grabbed a bottle of water out of the car boot, and walked down to see what was going on. This is the moment I realized she's one of the most gorgeous women I have ever seen. She was probably about 20. She was pale as hell, long wavy blonde hair to her hips and one of those really German kinda hourglass figures really blue eyes like this chick was crazy hot was wearing those long summer dresses that beach kids seemed to love which was freaking weird for the middle of the Australian bush so I'm walking towards her like oh my god but I'm also thinking what the F I hand her the bottle of water and ask if she's lost or needs a lift back to town She just stares, doesn't take the water, no blinking. I think, oh shit, she's some kind of crazy. So I ask her if she ran away from somewhere and she just said, no, and hadn't blinked yet. So I ask if she's waiting for someone to pick her up and she said, no, again, I asked where her house is and she said, here. 
I'm halfway up a mountain. There's no houses around here. So I was kind of starting to get creeped out by this lady. I walked back to my jeep, was going to drive back down the mountain, and call the cops and get them to come sort this lady out. And she follows me. I was like, look, are you sure you don't want me to run you back to town? And she just says, no. Again. So I say, look, I don't feel comfortable leaving you here in the middle of nowhere. Please let me take you to the police station. And she just turns around and walks off. Off into the bush. Miles from anywhere. And I am just sitting there like, what in the actual F? And then I really started to get scared when the bug and bird noises started to come back. It made me realize I hadn't heard a single other sound while I was talking with her. Like, no magpies, no crickets, no early morning sounds at all. I hightailed it the hell out of there and called the local coppers when I reached the bottom of the mountain. Basically just said I saw a woman up the mountain who refused to get in my car, and then I realized how messed up that sounded and I hung up. What in the hell did I experience on the side of that road? I'm 21, and since when I was a kid, I always suffered with insomnia. And every time I sleep, I have terrible nightmares. Sometimes I dream with things that will happen in the future, with extreme precision. I used to write things about the future in some notes. And when those things happen, I show my friends, and they always get scared with the precision of the facts. But the point here isn't that. I'm here to share some of my nightmares with weird creatures, and sometimes they come to the reality. I remember that I had had a dream that I tried to fight a putrid creature that feeds on sadness and depression. That weird creature looks like an old putrid man with pure gray skin that sneaks into your house and attacks you while you're sleeping. This creature can hide anywhere. Doesn't matter the size of the place. Somehow he just fits there. Two nights after I had this dream, I was alone with my girlfriend watching TV in my room. And then I happened to look out the window and I saw this creature. But I wasn't dreaming. I just saw it. I thought I was developing schizophrenic tendencies due to the lack of sleep. I was pretending that nothing was there until my girlfriend saw the same creature in the window and started to scream. I was just telling her to calm down and the creature suddenly disappeared, like smoke in the air. She told me about what she saw and I had a note written about the creature. I'm used to creating histories about my dreams and nightmares and I create stories about the creatures I see. After that, she got terrified and started to read my little stories, and it only got worse. Ever since then, my girlfriend is afraid to come around me.
All right, dear listeners, at this point, I will be reading you some of the freakiest real-life haunted house stories. Here we go. The Limp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. The full story of the Limp Mansion is featured in an episode of House Beautiful's haunted house podcast, Dark House. Starting strong with the very scary house, the Limp Mansion in St. Louis, which is known to be one of the most haunted places in America due to its tragic history and links to a wealthy beer baron. Adam Joanne Limp, a German immigrant, was the first person to produce and sell lager-style beer in the U.S. He stored the barrels in an underground cave system beneath the city to keep them cool pre-modern refrigeration. It was successful, but his son, William Limp, is the one who really brought it to the next level. In the 1860s, William Limp wanted to live closer to the industrial plant and start a family with his wife, Julia. So they built the foreboding home in the historic Benton Park neighborhood right over the cave system. Everything seemed to take a turn for the worst in the new millennium, and William Limp died by suicide in 1904, after his favorite of five sons, Frederick, died tragically due to complications of tuberculosis. A few years later, his wife also died of cancer in the house. In 1920, the youngest daughter, Elsa Limp, mysteriously died in her home, not the Limp Mansion. Then, in 1922, after running the company for years and seeing it flounder during the Prohibition era, William Limp Jr. shot himself in the same room William Sr. died in. One of William Jr.'s brothers, Charles Limp, lived in the same home from the 1930s until 1949, when he shot his own dog in the basement of the home before dying by suicide in his room. That same year, the youngest surviving limp child, Edwin, sold the house and transformed it into a boarding house, where reports of hauntings began. According to Destination America, witnesses have experienced burning sensations, slamming doors, disembodied moaning and crying, amongst other things. Today, the Limp Mansion is a restaurant and inn that also holds events, including weddings, murder mystery dinners, and even ghost hunting experiences. One Thousand Lombard Street in San Francisco, California. Socialite, journalist, and famed party host Patricia Montadon moved into an apartment on San Francisco's famous Crooked Block, Lombard Street in 1960. She lived happily in her Russian Hill abode for eight years, until things began to go awry following an astrology-themed party she hosted in the apartment. In her memoir, The Intruders, Montadon attributes a series of hauntings that culminated in a corporal tragedy to the bizarre behavior of a disgruntled tarot card reader who may have cursed the apartment the night of that fateful party. 
From eerier laughter and faint music seemingly coming from within the apartment on repeat to constant rushes of cold winds despite locked doors and windows and strange disembodied footsteps, the paranormal events were stacking up quickly. But Montadon was also the victim of physical crimes following the party, including a robbery, harassment, possible arson, and more. After a tragic fire at the apartment and the premature passing of three of her close friends, all of whom had separately lived in the apartment between 1968 and 1969, Montadon set off on her own investigation to uncover the root of the apparent curse on 1000 Lombard Street. Ackley House in Neak, New York. Nicknamed Ackley House after its one-time occupants, the Ackley family, this classic Queen Anne sits on the Hudson River across from Sleepy Hollow, New York. The many ghosts who roamed the halls of one La Vida place were nothing but friendly, though they were active enough to inspire the matriarch, Helen Ackley, to write a national article about them in Reader's Digest. The article gained enough momentum that the house became a stop on local ghost tours, which ended up having some not-so-great ramifications when it came time to sell the home in the late 1980s. The Ackleys found themselves entangled in a legal battle over whether or not they should have disclosed the haunted nature of the house to the Zamboski family. In the landmark legal decision, now referred to as the Ghostbusters ruling, Ackley House was deemed haunted by the New York Supreme Court, and the buyers were able to pull out of the sale while also getting half of their down payment back. One Lavetta place has since been home to several celebrities, including musician Ingrid Michelson. Chop Chop House in Boise, Idaho. The house at 805 West Linden Street in Boise, Idaho is hard to miss. Covered in a layer of soot, with windows broken and boarded up and trash strewn about the yard, the two-story, 2,728-square-foot, craftsman-style home looks like an abandoned horror movie set. The true story, however, is much scarier. Locals refer to it as the Boise Murder House or, even more eyebrow-raising, the Chop Chop House, which is a glib reference to the gruesome homicide that took place there more than three decades ago. According to many who've lived in the neighborhood or even rented out a room in the house itself, the basement in particular excused some haunted energy. There have been reports of shadowy figures appearing and disappearing out of nowhere, strange liquid oozing down the walls, and much, much more. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true ghost stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. 
If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.